Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Sean Power Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to do something a little different, it's going to be a solo podcast. This week I'm going to be talking about the muscle and strength pyramid. So at the moment I'm reading this really interesting book, it mightn't sound it, but it's called The Muscle and Strength Pyramid of Training. It is by Eric Helms, Andy Morgan and Andrea Valdez. I'm going to go through the actual pyramid and just go through each layer one by one and just give you a quick overview of it. At the end of it, hopefully you'll have a small bit more of an understanding about maybe setting up your own training and how to maybe set out a successful training block or training plan for yourself. Uh, This is a great book and great resource. Also give Eric Helms um, and his YouTube channel, his Instagram, uh, 3DMJ, 3D Muscle Journey. Give them a follow. I will tag them in the show notes for you to give them a follow as well. And there's some really cool videos on YouTube and he's a really, really interesting guy. So let's get into this muscle and strength pyramid. I will also, I'll put up a picture as well of the muscle and strength pyramid when I post the podcast, so that'll be up on my social media. Again, the link will be in the show notes, but hopefully you already follow me, Sean Power Fitness. At the bottom of this pyramid, this is going to go from priority from most to least important. So the most important, the biggest layer of this pyramid is going to be adherence. The next one, step two, or layer two, is going to be volume, intensity, and frequency. The three of them are thrown into the one layer, which I'll explain in a while. The next is progression. The next layer is exercise selection, what exercise you're actually doing in the gym. The next next is rest periods, your rest periods between sets uh, and rep sets in the gym. And the next is tempo. Tempo is how fast or slow you're lifting the weights within a set or an exercise. So let's get on to adherence. Adherence is basically exactly what it says on the tin. It's what can you stick to? What can you stick to over time? It doesn't matter how good your program is or your plan or whatever. If you can't stick to it, or you don't stick to it, then it's pretty much useless. You could have the most basic plan in the world and stick to it, and it would be the best plan for you. You could have the worst, or the the best plan. If you don't stick to it, it's not worth anything. So, they use, well, Eric uses, in his YouTube videos, he uses the the word REF, R-E-F, and he says to ref yourself. What this stands for is realistic, enjoyable, and flexible. So for you to adhere to any plan, not just in the gym, to your job, to anything that you want to do, you have to ref yourself. It has to be realistic, has to be enjoyable, and it also has to be flexible. So let's start with realistic. Realistic is looking at what you can do 
before what you should do. What you can do before what you should do. We all know what we should do. We should go to the gym three or four days a week. We should eat healthy. But let's look at what we can do, what we can do right now. How many days a week can we train? Because I'm, because this is training, I'm going to be looking at it from a training point of view. Now you can put this into any area of life as well, especially with something like adherence or the progression um, section of it. But I'm just going to be talking about training because it is the training, the muscle and strength training pyramid. Adherence, how many days a week can you train? Do you have work? Do you have a hobby? Do you have a family? If you have a family and your hobby is going golfing every weekend um, and you work 60, 70 hours a week, are you realistically going to be training five days a week in the gym? Probably not. So what would be a more realistic approach for you, a more realistic plan for you to actually stick to? Enjoyable for you to stick to anything, it has to be enjoyable. You have to get some sort of enjoyment out of it. Optimal does not always equal sustainable. So, what can you stick to long term? And again, this goes for anything in life, but I'm just talking about training today. So, enjoyable if you find something enjoyable, you're going to stick to it for longer. So you have to look at long term as well. Next is flexible. You have to find a way to be flexible with your program as well. If something creeps up, if you have some stress from work, family, home life, whatever it is, you have to be flexible with it. If you're if you pick up an injury along the way, you have to be flexible. You say, okay. My back is sore or or little toe is sore, whatever. Maybe you can't do squats that day or deadlifts. Maybe they're out. Okay, I can't do that, but what can I do? So you have to be flexible with it. Flexible doesn't mean, okay, my back is sore or my baby toe is sore. I'm going to skip the gym today. It's, okay, the back is sore, but I can still go in and do X, Y, and Z exercise, whatever it is. Um... That's a good one with injuries, with training at a new gym, or maybe one day you train at home because everyone now has workout equipment because we all went mad and bought it over lockdown. So maybe you train at the gym one day because you don't have time because you didn't finish work until, I don't know, like 8 o'clock that night or something, and but you still wanted to train and the gym closes at nine so you can, can't get there in time or whatever it is you can be flexible with that as well finding a flexible way to work or to to work out flexible way to what to do anything makes more enjoyment so now we're on to the second layer of this pyramid the second layer has three parts. It has volume, intensity, and frequency. Any of these could be the most important, the 
depending on the way you look at it. Any of these, yeah, any of these could be considered the most important. Um, for this reason, that's why they've put them in the same layer. The optimal combination of them will vary, vary depending on your training age, your goals, your preferences, your schedule, and your current stage within your athletic career as well. Now, when I said training age, so I'm 30 years old, but my training age is not 30. I can't remember really what time I, or what stage of my life I started training. Maybe my training age could be 10 years because the first five years that I was training or going to the gym or thought I was doing all the good stuff as in like lifting and training was probably just me following like a program that I found on bodybuilding.com or something like that. So it wouldn't have been real structured training. It would have been just me and a few other lads throwing weights around in the GA gym back home. So that wouldn't really have been structured training. So I wouldn't really add that into part of my training age per se. But say if you had an athlete, say a professional soccer player, uh, he would have went through the youth academy. They would have went through um, different programs within different stages of their athletic career or and their training age would be different to mine who's just started throwing weights around in the GAA gym so I hope that made sense your training age is how long you have been training but really training with a structured program or training underneath a coach as well uh, so with that volume intensity and frequency it's going to depend which is most important depending on your goals, your preferences, your schedule and that stage within your athletic career and the training age that we talked about as well. Each one affects the other. If you do more frequency of sessions, your volume is going to increase. If you do more intensity, you're going to be doing something. You're going to be doing one of the others. You're going to be doing something more frequently and you're going to increase your volume as well so it is a very important one on volume intensity and frequency frequency is how often you train if you train five days a week if you train two days a week intensity is how intense your program actually is uh, how hard the session is and then you can look into even something like an rpe scale rate of perceived exertion um, that is one way of looking at maybe your intensity or how you got on in the session as well. You can keep a diary actually of how your session went. So hopefully if you are a gym goer, maybe you bring that book with you. I see a lot of people in the gyms now with books or with apps. If you want, you can use my app, Plug. And after you've done an exercise or after you've done a session, then you can leave feedback for me if you're using my app or for yourself if you're if you're just writing it in the book and it is fun actually to look back and see how you got on in like 2015 when you were trying to max deadlift or when you were going to a certain gym or at a certain stage in your life it's it's fun to look back sometimes when you find them um so that is intensity of a session 
also an intensity of how heavy you're lifting because I'm talking about training so uh, training within like a certain percentage for strength say like you're going 85% of your one rep max for like um, for really like high strength it's 95% or 90 to 95% 85% is that kind of muscle building hypertrophy to strength training kind of barrier at that uh, volume how much volume you're getting in the session how many reps sets you're doing and your overall volume over the week as well because that does all accumulate next we have progression we all love to progress so before I start with progression I have a story about progressive overload the story of progressive overload it's a cool story so the story of Milo of Croton Croton I hope I'm saying that right it is in Italy it's down Italy is like the boot so it's right down on the sole of the boot of Italy Milo this lad lived between 5 excuse me 540 and 520 BC he was a war hero he was a wrestler he was an Olympian uh, and all-round strongman all-round legend I would say he's even been mentioned in some works by like Emily Bronte and William Shakespeare don't think I've read them but uh, I have heard that he's been mentioned in there also he once saved the life of Pythagoras remember the lad with the triangles he once saved his life when a roof collapsed on him so this lad Milo what is what the hell does this have to do with progressive overload John Milo every day when he was a young lad he'd pick up this calf and he'd walk up this hill this is the story he'd walk up this hill with the calf on his back every day he'd get a little stronger every day the calf would get a little bigger he was getting stronger the weight was getting heavier that is essentially progressive overload each week you go into the gym you try to add 2.5 kilos or even one kilo if you add one kilo every week by the end of the year 52 kilos added to your squat that is the theory that is the idea of progressive overload that you keep adding weight and this can go into life as well progressive overload you're learning a new language you learn the alphabet you learn different words you learn how to put them together every day you practice it you get a little better but maybe the lesson gets a little harder same thing so that's the the old story of progressive overload from milo every day he'd walk up that hill with the calf on his back every day he got a little stronger every day the calf got a little bigger calf turned into a bull he turned into a man and that was his training so what progressive or what progression is progressive overload is the gradual increase of stress placed on the body over time now if you're new to the gym getting any simple plan specific to your goals will be appropriate or with it i should say getting any plan specific to your goals with appropriate 
volume, intensity and frequency will provide gains. Okay, so I'm going to say that again. Getting any simple plan specific to your goals with appropriate volume, intensity and frequency will produce those gains. So you don't need a fancy plan, especially at the start. You don't need to be looking at percentages. You don't need to be looking at like crazy programs. You just need something simple to go in and follow. Picking a weight that challenges you session to session, week to week. Again, always keeping that progressive overload in mind, especially when you're new to lifting or if you've taken a break from lifting, you will fly through it and you will get strong as a bull or as strong as Milo quite fast, just using that. Try to go in and lift one kilo more or if the dumbbells go up in twos, try to get, say you get 10 reps with, I don't know, 10 kilo dumbbells. Next week, try to get 10 reps with the 12 kilo dumbbells, something like that. Um, at some stage, you will plateau, obviously, or we just fucking run out of weights in the gym. So that's when you hit a plateau and maybe you have to reassess, okay, where do you want to go with this? You need to reassess your exercises that you're doing. You need to uh, maybe look at your technique on certain exercises. Even just changing a few tweaks in your technique can add two or three kilos to the bar or more. Um, but that's as you get more advanced, you can look at different techniques with that, changing up your training. Um, maybe you need to change up your gym. So we're gonna look at exercise selection as next. Maybe you need to look at your exercise selection. Uh, getting a coach obviously will help you progress through that as well, because with a plateau, a lot of the time it is mental as well. You just feel like you're stuck and that you can't progress on, but a coach can help you, plug, plug. Get on to me, link in bio. Next, number four on this layer is exercise selection. So this really depends again, depends on your personal preference, depends on your goals, what you want to do. So let's just look at the, this example of a powerlifter. A powerlifter usually trains squat bench and deadlift. They have their three exercises in a competition. So they have to train those competition lifts. They're, they're people who, their exercises are basically picked for them, um, especially the big three, which is the squat, bench, and the deadlift. Um, lifting is also a skill as well, so they will be progressing, as, progressing on that skill of lifting your squat, bench, and deadlift. Uh, if you're just your normal gym goer or you're, or you're starting off in the gym, there's a wide variety of exercises. If you're looking at bodybuilding, hypertrophy, hypertrophy is like a bodybuilding kind of style training, which is muscle building. There's so many exercises you can use. You don't have to use a barbell or a dumbbell. You can use a lot of machines as well, which are really a lot more stable and you get a better squeeze out of most of them um i won't get into it now but a lot of them are maybe not suited for your body but that's where we have to look at what suits your body 
your lever lengths. So if you have longer femurs, you might find it a bit harder to squat, or if you have longer arms, I have very long arms, so I have further to lift, say, in a bench press or in a overhead or shoulder press. Whereas somebody who's a lot shorter, they have shorter arms, they can go a shorter distance, they might be more suited to powerlifting, especially in that bench uh, and in the squat as well. If someone with really short legs, they don't have a long way to go to lift that weight. So again, it comes back to our first one, which is adherence, which is making it enjoyable. Your exercises, they have to be enjoyable. They also have to be realistic and they also have to be flexible with it as well. All these kind of tie into one another, but I know I do have them in order of preference. So it really is what you want to choose, what, you, what your goal is. You choose your exercises based on your goals. If you want to get a big chest or big arms, maybe you throw in some more arm and chest work. Simple. If you want bigger legs, maybe you throw in more squats, more leg press, leg extensions, leg curls, stuff like that. So really based on your goals, your exercise selection will come up. A lot of people now just see, oh, this influencer X on uh, YouTube or Instagram is doing this whatever like glute ki kickback or fucking upside down bicep curls and maybe it's not the most optimal way to stimulate that muscle or to do it but it looks cool because he or she has uh, big arms or a big butt or something like that so just be warned exercise selection select exercises that you want to do that feel comfortable for you and don't be afraid especially if you're new to the gym to try out new exercises as in trying out new machines but don't get caught up with everything you see on social media, trying to get the new, the next new exercise. I've made this uh, mistake as well in the past that I'd be doing a different program and different exercises every single time I walked into the gym before because I just pick a program off the internet and go in and I just want to sweat or, or feel sore when I'm leaving. So pick exercises, progress on them each week and you should be golden. Next one, rest periods. This is exactly what it says. It is how long you rest. How long should I rest between sets? So you want to get the most out of your session, but you obviously don't want to be there for ages. You want to be there all day long, just because somebody said you should rest X amount of time between sets doesn't mean that you really have to. Um, so the optimal time to rest is actually dun, 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 rest until you feel ready to go again. Now I know that's kind of a yeah no shit Sherlock kind of answer but it really is true for the majority of us. For the majority of us it's just go until you feel ready again. Um, so let's think about it. Bigger muscle groups, bigger exercises like your squat, bench, deadlift, or if you're training like 
chest or especially legs or a bigger muscle group, they'll need longer to recover between sets, okay? Also, especially if you're doing like squat bench deadlift, you will have some neural fatigue as well. So your central nervous system, your CNS will be under a small bit of pressure as well, especially when you get up to those heavier weights. But uh, usually a good time to rest between the bigger muscle groups is about two and a half minutes. Between smaller muscle groups, like bicep curls, tricep pushdowns, lateral raises, a minute, 90, 90 seconds, 60 to 90 seconds is good. It really, it depends. As you get more advanced, then you can look at getting into longer rest periods, even though some most of the studies here, so there was one study, D'Souza found no significant difference between cross-sectional area when comparing rest intervals of two minutes to rest intervals as short as 30 seconds. A six-month study uh, showed two-minute rest times were compared to five-minute rest times were matched with volume were matched volume programs with different intensities and no significant difference were found in muscle, sorry, no significant differences in muscle size were found. And another study by Schoenfeld, who's brilliant, a lot of his studies are really good, in 2014, using matched volumes in powerlifting style split compared to a bodybuilding style split muscle thickness changes were not significantly different in powerlifting group using up to three minutes rest and the bodybuilding style group that use just a 90, 90 second rest so there's just some studies that looked at rest times so again really with rest times we're just looking at Go until you feel ready, or rest until you feel ready to go again. It really is as simple as that. Now, a good tip for this is to actually rest to uh, time your rest times. So using a timer, especially if you're someone who's really hyperactive or somebody who feels like they need to be sweating in a session, especially when we're lifting weights, we need that extra rest time. You really do, like... A, a 20-second rest or a one-minute rest can make all the difference in that next set. It's also a good idea to have a timer on your watch, preferably, uh, just so you're not looking at your phone between sets. So to look at your watch and have it on, because we all know somebody who comes over talking to you between sets, and then you're talking for like five or six or seven or eight minutes, and then you're cold by the time you get back to your you're set again and you forget where you are in your session and yada 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 so if you're talking to someone and they're wrecking your head the next thing an alarm goes off on your phone or on your watch or on my app if you're using that um then you can use it as an excuse sorry rest time is over gotta go better get back to my set uh just to touch on drop sets as well drop sets are really good for saving time these are where you take minimal, no to minimal rest between uh, exercises. 
and kind of getting lighter with the weight each time. So you might start bicep curls with, I don't know, 15 kilos and then drop to 12, drop to 10, all the way down. They're really good for saving time, but they do induce lots of fatigue. So try not to do this every session. The last one here we're going to talk about is tempo. Tempo is speed of lifting. So it's just how fast you're lifting that weight up and down. An example of this might be if you're doing, say, a bench press, you unrack the bar, you lower the bar down, one, two, three. That's a three second eccentric. You might hold it, pause at the bottom for one, and then push it up for one. Okay, so that'll be a three, one, one kind of a tempo. Okay, so you might see it sometimes written at the side of programs, especially if they're kind of more advanced programs. So that's what, what that means. Um, I do really do like eccentric training because it teaches us good form uh, it's good to learn to keep the position so I really like it for pull ups so if you think about doing a pull up if you find it hard to do a pull up or you're not there yet this is a really good way to get to your first pull up if you get a bench or a band and you jump up you're holding yourself at the top of that pull-up bar and then you're slowly lowering yourself down one, two, three, four, five and then you can even drop, climb up on the box again get up to the bar and lower yourself down one, two, three, four, five it's a really good way of using gravity to your advantage um, now who might use, who might not use an eccentric is are, I should say, bodybuilders. Bodybuilders are really just all concerned about that concentric, especially when it comes to deadlifts. So you might see a bodybuilder, if they're in a commercial gym, sometimes they wander in there, but they usually stay in their own uh, layers. <laughs> they would pick up the bar and then just drop it, especially in their warm-up sets. They would just go put on whatever weight they want for their warm-up, lift the bar up, and just leave gravity take it on the way down. Now, why would they do this? They would do this to save energy, because they want to lift heavier in their session. Um, they also, in their sport, they don't get judged on the eccentric. You don't get anything for letting the weight back down. You get, you get the medal or the trophy for lifting the weight up. They don't care how you put it back down. <laughs> so that's why they would be doing say just concentrics now they, that's not to say that they don't do eccentric training they would do a lot of it um, eccentric pause training as well even deficits in their training program so again they can learn that position so for anyone here listening who is new to the gym a few months into their training or getting back to training I really like the eccentrics on some movements but be warned eccentric training causes a lot more muscle damage as well but you are stronger about 40% stronger in the eccentric portion of any lift so that's basically when you have gravity on your side when you're lowering down say at the bar up to your chest on a bench press you're about 40% stronger on that obviously it depends on who you are and your training and yada 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 all of that 
but you are about 40% stronger on that. Um, so yeah, tempo is a really cool one, it, especially yeah, if you're just getting started in the gym, then that will help you and teach you good positions overall and good form, and you will take that and have a really long training career and not get hurt. Also, just to touch on uh, one more point with the tempos, if you're going really fast, like we've all seen people, myself included, cheat a little, especially on bicep curls, when you're swinging the weight up, you're on those last few reps, you do kind of like cheat curls, it's actually a thing, um, you will lift the weight up, you kind of swing forward, so you're using some momentum, and the front of your shoulder as well, to take some of the weight and also sometimes you just leave, see people just drop the weight down again which is putting a lot more stress on their joint joints ligaments and tendons as well so if you think about it if you it's like standing on a bed of nails if you stand on if you jump on a bed of nails the nails are probably going to be go through your foot if you stand on it oh so gently very 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 gently you're probably going to be able to stand on it I hope that made sense. So it's the same with a weight. If you leave a weight down nice and slow, it's going to be less stress and less uh, inertia, less inertial effects than just dropping it down. So save your joints, make the joints, tendons, ligaments stronger by using tempo. So I hope you enjoyed that quick, quick, I don't know how long this was, but quick overview of the Muscle and Strength Pyramid by Eric Helms, Andy Morgan and Andrea Valdez. Again, I will link um, their pages in the show notes. And if you have any questions on this, if you enjoyed it or if you didn't enjoy it, um, don't be afraid. Send me a text. Uh, send me a message. Message me on Instagram, Sean Power Fitness. Um, check out my website, seanpowerfitness.com. All the notes will be all the links will be in the show notes. Okay, so any requests for the next episode as well would be greatly appreciated. And talk to you all soon. Thanks for listening.